What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. Still remote, still trying to find a way to get a good camera and a microphone, but it's okay because we're making it work here on the Locked on ACC show. We're going to talk about some permanent partnerships. Now, I know you're thinking, okay, we're talking about relationship, marriage. No, we're talking about ACC. Can we have some teams on the football side finally have just a couple people that they're dedicated to play every single year? I don't know. Jersey Drake's here to have that conversation. I feel like he would love some strong opponents for FSU or maybe some, some soft ones. Let's talk about it on today's episode. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. Super excited to have Jersey Drake in the building. Thank you all for making me your first listen each and every day, followed by the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I always enjoy having Jersey Drake on the show for Freestyle Fridays, as well as the fact that, listen, at the end of the day, your girl Candace Cooper here is just trying to get by with a little help from my friends, and I'm so glad to have you, Jersey Drake. Thank you for being here. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Now that you're actually back in my stomping ground. I actually remember when I first uh, met you, actually, I was the one living in Baltimore and you were asking now. It's kind of flip-flop, but I know it's great to be here on a Friday. I am enjoying my Miami Heat, hopefully closing out the the, uh, NBA uh, Eastern Conference semifinals right now. I got the Florida Panthers game tomorrow with the Caps. And my Marlins are in second place. So right now, all my teams so far, for the most part, are doing pretty well. So I'm in a good-ass mood right now. Yeah, you're living the dream. And I think what's even better than that is that FSU might have some strong opponents in the ACC come football season, maybe in 2023. But nonetheless, we might have some real rivalry action back. And let me just get into it because Coach Coach Commissioner Phillips is having those conversations about the 2023 season, whether or not we, the ACC will move away from the Atlantic and coastal divisions that we see have come to know and love, maybe not love necessarily. Now we have the 2020 year where they said, well, to hell the divisions, let's just play it out and see what happens. And now people are saying, let's just keep it how, how that is. I think we enjoy seeing at NC state, maybe play a Duke and a Carolina. Maybe we do enjoy seeing an FSU play a Miami. I think we already, already do, but maybe having the opportunity to play more of these Atlantic teams or play other teams that you don't necessarily get to see quite often. Jesse Drake, how are you feeling about the announcement of the do-away with divisions? I think it's great, primarily because now I don't have to wait every, what, six years to play a a coastal (laughs) opponent. Like, I remember we played UNC, I think, what, once when I was in college, and then I had to wait for another six years actually for you all to come down. The only reason that happened because of COVID. So to me, I think it's something that, has been due for a very long time. And also, for many years, we didn't have the two best teams actually play in the conference championship. It would always be whoever limped to the finish line from the Coastal. I remember it was Duke back in 2013 when we won. And then the year after, I think it was Miami, but then they got blown out 33-3. The only one time they've ever made a conference championship. I want that on record right now. So overall, like to me, it'll be great because it it does allow for uh, opponents to play a lot more and we get to see more different football because – as much as I like, like to play them, I don't need to play Wake every single damn year. I don't need to play Syracuse every single damn year. I don't need to play BC every single damn year. Like, come on, let me play Virginia. We have a Jefferson Epstro, but there's like actually a historical rivalry like between the two. Give me Virginia Tech. Give me Duke. I want to beat the, beat up on them too. I shouldn't be. I don't want Miami Virginia Hog in the, uh, the easy dub, even though you know <laughs> I know you have them as the six one team next year. But I, I I think more football like it, it does bring to more I guess creativity for the scheduling. 
A hundred percent. Don't hate on Duke. Cause like, if you listen to yesterday's episode, you guys heard me with Kitten Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack. Talk about the bet where if Duke wins six games, I'm going to win $150 worth of sunglasses. So hopefully Duke can pull it off. Praying. Go Blue Devils. <laughs> Only time you ever hear me say that. But I do agree with you in saying doing away with divisions will do better for what the ACC and the competitiveness is what is something that they essentially need, right? For so many years, it was Clemson winning, Clemson, Clemson, Clemson dominating, and whoever could you know, race to the finish line, bloody and bruised between the coastal because they'd all beat themselves up. And it'd be an easy dub for them. And it wasn't enjoyable. And you just saw the way the ratings went down, the way attendance wasn't as great. And Clemson comes out in droves. But you also see people from the, the coastal side being like, meh. This year, though, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest not having the strongest fan base. However, Pitt does have a pretty strong fan base. Wake Forest traveled decently. I think doing away with conferences, though, or doing away with divisions may help some of your bigger fan base teams really get into the season and really think that their cha- their team has a viable opportunity to play for a title. One, I will say Pitt is a very vocal fan base because I saw the one very. commenter was very <laughs> upset with my I guess, real my realistic take on Kenny Pickett going to the NFL. I hope you know he does great, but I just don't see it. But and I, he's he's my. I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you saw that. Can we pause? Can we take a break from this of conversation course. here just to say? I I love when people engage in the show. Like I think that's the whole point of this thing, right? I found it hilarious that one time you really go in on Kenny Pickett. Someone's like, "Boop, I got you. Let me get you right here." Sorry, Drew Drake. Hey, have to you. No, I, I don't. I don't care, man. It's my damn opinion. I'm gonna stick by it. Like, and if I, I just me personally, like, hey, you be saying something nice in the comments. That's great. I'll stick. You know, yeah. back, you know, feedback or whatever. When you do something like that, I'm like. Okay, cool. I don't know you. You don't know me really that well, so I really don't give a about your opinion. But going back to the... Vaya uh, con Dios. Vaya con ah. Dios. But well, I think that what you're talking about with the two best teams, uh, we actually discussed this back, like this past weekend week before. Max brought up the good point that imagine back in 20, I want to say 16, the Lamar Jackson year where basically it was him to watch on Watson, a very close game. Like that year, if we had divisionless football, we would get that rematch. Now, also, back in 2015, where FSU lost to Clemson by a fan at chop block call, we get that back again with a Deion. I think it was Everett Golson was the QB at the time. Dalvin Cooks last year, too. Like, you get to see those marquee matches in a championship game, where, which is what you want. Because, you know, you see the SEC, they always have Alabama-Georgia every single year playing twice, which is great. The Big 12 is Texas versus Oklahoma or Oklahoma versus everybody else. The Pac-12, you get Oregon, who gets blown up by Utah because Mark Cristobal can't, you know, game plan for the big, for big games ever. So, like, overall, like, you get the bigger games than the, the more of the rematches, which we saw even two years ago in the COVID year with Notre Dame and Clemson with DJU and then Trevor Lawrence coming back. Yeah, 100% agree. And great point talking about Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. I think having an ACC championship between those two would have been a joyous occasion. Are there quarterbacks that maybe you would love to see in a championship environment this season? Well, 2023 when it actually happens. Um. Ah, that's really, really tough question because I think because I my personal opinion, the top three QBs right now in the conference are probably from one to three Malik Cunningham, Brian Armstrong and Tyler Van Dyke. So I knew, I knew, I knew, you ha- I knew it was going to hurt you, but I'm so glad you I, said I know, I know. And he, he's <laughs> with me. That kid is damn good. That kid is damn solid. But I honestly would like to see probably Brian Armstrong probably in that. I think Brian Armstrong for a Virginia program that they were actually pretty decent back in the 90s with the Barbers, and like that's someone that you t- typically want to see. And maybe Malik Cunningham, too, because Malik Cunningham, he's he's gone from someone that you would always talk about, like, there's the are you going to get the good Malik or the bad Malik? 
And then last year, I think he's the main reason why Scott Satterfield still has a job. And that's probably someone that'll be fun to watch. And he's not the same as Lamar Jackson, but he's a little bit bigger. He can move, and he has a really strong arm. If he keeps the accuracy, like, continuing to improve, that's someone to watch. So that'll be that'll be a fun time. And Clemson with DJU, if he, keep, if he pulls it back together, I have a bad feeling that we're going to get a uh, Trevor Lawrence 2.0 with the Kate Klubnick kid from Texas, who's going to probably start start the season probably around game five. So, I, But I think Malik Cunningham and Brandon Armstrong will probably be two people I would like to see there. Okay, well, I think that Tyler Harrell was also a reason why Satterfield kept his job. But, you know, there's a whole different conversation. We talked about tampering in. Yeah. Harrell. Oh, Harrell. Harrell. Oh, that's – we're not We're not going to get too deep into that because that's uh, – whoo, you know he's hot about that Tampering? Still. Tampering? Saving? Did he tamper? Of course he – why would anybody assume that a grown man would readily admit that he did something that is against the rules? Come on, people. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, like, uh, are, you the, are you pleading the fifth? Are you calling out on this one? Or what are you doing? <laughs> I know, I, like, I am not naive to how college football works. I'm just going to sure. say that. And Tyler Harrell did the best thing for himself. And if we're being completely honest, going for Bryce Young is great, great for your draft stock. And maybe, maybe some representatives reached out to, hey, listen, we have this over here at Alabama. You know what? That probably did happen, but we're not 100% sure. So, I'll go with that. That's my lawyer answer. There we go. We need to (laughs) confirm. Nord's not. However, we will proceed with caution in saying (laughs) this boy is out of here. All right. On that note, imagine dipping your finger in that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting, and then you open your eyes and realize that 150 calories and 16 grams of protein was all that you consumed. This, listen, that's why you tried the birthday cake puff from built i just received my birthday cake puffs and man oh man i cannot get my hands off of them i do work out so i do feel like i enjoy a delicious treat each and every time that i have them if you haven't tried puffs i'll let you let on in on a little secret because that's what friends do a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar is so delicious how could you say no to a flavored marshmallow 100 covered in real chocolate And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. Go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs right now. Go to Built.com again. Lock15 is the promo code. Get 15% off your order. Again, promo code Lock15 for 15% off at Built.com. So rocking and rolling with Jizzy Drake in the building, and he is from Locked On Seminoles podcast. I almost said Syracuse, so thank the Lord. That would have been crazy for you because we know full well. But shout out to my homie Brad, the new host of Locked on Syracuse. If you haven't had a chance to listen to him, we also have new friends, Alex Dono, Locked on Kane's podcast. So a lot of good new faces. If you haven't checked out their new episodes, if you're watching this YouTube channel, you're enjoying all of the hand gestures by Drizzy Drake. But if you haven't checked out their shows, make sure you do that, as well as the Locked on NBA Draft podcast. We know the NBA draft is coming around the corner, and as Drizzy Drake mentioned, there's a lot of good NBA playoff action happening, and maybe your team is thinking about how they can get into the playoffs next season, and you got some guys who are dipping their toe in the draft that could do some big things. So feel free to check out Mr. Rafael Barlow, and he is really good and talented with all that he does with those big boards. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about some football. Sorry to cut you off because I know the basketball energy is about you, but We've been talking about football all week here, some futures, odds to win, all of that good stuff. And I just truly wanted to talk about the middle of the pack. I talked about the top and I talked about the bottom. 
But I left the middle for you, Drippy Dre, because I know that you have some teams that you love to harp on here. So let's first jump into two teams that I think are really important into going to next season for very different reasons, really. Coach uh, Satterfield from the Louisville Cardinals is certainly fighting for his job. He is trying to figure out, you know, how to make Malik Cunningham, continue to make Malik Cunningham a very viable quarterback in this conference, as well as the help that Malik is going to need in order to truly take it to the next level, be competitive in the Atlantic. How are you feeling about Louisville? They are not necessarily at the top of the food chain, but they certainly aren't at the bottom. I mean, they're not at the bottom. I think middle of the pack is probably the best case scenario for them. And it's mainly because, I mean, you kind of said how Satterfield kind of made Malik Cunningham a better QB. I think it's the opposite. I think Malik Cunningham kind of hides the deficiencies that Satterfield has when it comes to X's and O's and scheming-wise. I think that Satterfield mm-hmm. is a little... I, I personally think he's the most overrated coach in our entire conference, uh, bar none. But I think because I think Malik Cunningham is that good, he has those deficiencies. The only question I have is like, who besides Marshawn Ford is going to throw the ball to? I mean, we already talked about how uh, Nick Saban recruited Tyler Harrell back from, from, from <laughs> he recruited Tyler Harrell from Louisville over to Alabama. But then Marshawn Ford's there. I mean, yeah. you got D. Wiggins transfer from, from Miami too. Like, that's going to be another option. I mean, you might have to rely on a true freshman, Devon Mortimer, who's from my area down here, who. We don't know if he's actually going to be able to play his first year. So we're going to have to wait and see on that. And then with the defense, I know they bring they lost uh, – they still have Ketro Clark, but they lost C.J. Avery, who was mm-hmm. a five-year starter and their leading tackler for the past three seasons. They lost Greedy Vance, a mainstay for their cornerbacks in the defensive backfield. They do bring in Jarvis Brownlee, a former FSU defensive back, who actually led the team with over 800 snaps played. So I don't think he actually ever left the field. And low-key, it's – Troubling, troubling, and kind of sad that he kind of left. He's one of my one of my first favorite players, but I, he mm-hmm. does bring. But he's not the best person in coverage; he's kind of average. But he's elite at run stopping. But so to me, it's like they have a lot of good signs, a lot of good players, but I don't know if they're able to be as a unit together. Like you know, go take the next step to maybe eight or nine wins. That's a fair point. And you know, first of all, let me just say, God bless whoever was feeding uh, Louisville CJ Avery, because Lord knows, yeah, Amen. Okay. And on that, I'm going to leave that right where I left it. I think that Louisville is going to have a mediocre season because they have a mediocre coach. And I agree with you that he's not the best. I do think there are worse coaches. I think Coach Collins might be worse. Oh, no, he, he, that's not even, we're not going to, we're not going to argue on that. That's, uh, he might be dead last, uh, for being honest. (laughs) (laughs) And as quiet as it's kept, I think that Mac Brown is a great recruiter. I don't think he's a great X's and O's coach. I think he can see, I think he has the vision, right? I think he's like Dabo. Every, they, you gotta have be a great delegator. I think he's a great delegator. But if you ask him for some X's and O's, I don't know that I would want to call a Mac Brown to do that. And That's I hate fair. that I have to say that. I, that, I, I know that how much, I know how much. I I could tell on your face too, but with Louisville also it's a yeah, Mac Brown stand account, you know. Oh, oh Lord have mercy! But no, with uh, <laughs> Louisville, they actually have somewhat of a tough schedule. I know Syracuse is game one, and you know you and uh, Ken talked about Dino on the way out over there. But then they play UCF on Friday, and they have a decent transfer She's QB and John Rides Plumley, who, for those who don't remember, two years ago when LSU won, he ran for like two hundred plus yards and threw for another one hundred and fifty. So and he kind of gave them a little bit of a scare. Then they play us with no bye. We have a bye week before, so we have a full mm-hmm. week and a half, two weeks of prep for Malik Cunningham. Then you play a USF team on the rise, Boston College, then UVA. You got an off week. Then Pitt, Wake, 
James Madison, but that's a tough FCS team. Clemson, NC State, mm-hmm. and then a Kentucky team where Will Levis is projected as a first rounder. That schedule sucks. That's our that is <laughs> that is a rough. Their bye week being in the middle, not having two bye weeks, like has some weeks mm-hmm. zero team have. That is not easy. And for Scott Satterfield, that's you, you want him to win eight, but he might be stuck around with seven. Maybe if he gets six, that's kind of like oh, maybe we should go back and see if uh, Coach Brown wants to come from Purdue. I know he was having issues with like administration. Maybe they gave him the okie doke with the scheduling. They're like, oh, okay, we got you. We want to make sure that you get up out of this paint this season. Maybe I'm alleging. That's actually really <laughs> fun. I'm I'm gonna go with that too. That's some deep state controversy stuff, and I live for that. That'll be great. Actually, let, let me throw you a bone here real quick with here, Louisville. You've been having a rough time with basketball and a rough time with football. So let's uh let's help let's uh, help you out here after Scott Sarfield flirted with leaving after one year to USC. A thousand and three percent. All right, so they have sixty-six to one odds to win. Thanks to our friends at Bet Online, but we're also going to talk about Virginia, a team that has a really strong quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. They have thirty-three to one odds to win the ACC. And while they did lose my guy, I see his body type and I see him being really tall. He went to the league. I can't call his name, but shout out to the homie Joey Blunt, who was unlocked on ACC. He got signed undrafted free agent to the Seattle Seahawks. If you have not seen that interview, check it out for yourself. Now, the Cavaliers, on the flip side, have a coach who is taking his first year. He's been at the helm of – he's been a coordinator for championship teams, both conference-wise and nationally. Tony Elliott is now having an opportunity to fly for himself. I'm excited to see how he'll do this season, but I would love to get your thoughts on how you think Virginia is going to fare with the new regime. I'm of the belief that a huge reason why Dabo Sweeney was super successful at Clemson for the past decade is because of his, his coaching staff. I think that man picked up like lightning in a bottle like several times when it came to Brent Venables on the defense side of the ball, Jeff Scott, who now is the USF head coach, and then Tony Elliott. And then, I mean, I've said this, I think, ad nauseum out here. The moment Tony Elliott wasn't able to coach now's championship against Ohio State, sorry, the, the CFP semifinal against Ohio State because of COVID, you saw Dabo go back to play calling. I remember Dabo play calling my first year as a freshman at FSU. It isn't good. And we kind of saw the yeah. same thing over at Clemson the past year where it was kind of like, it's like is, is Tony Elliott calling the plays? Is it Dabo Sweeney kind of like, you know, you know, putting his hand in there? I think it's the latter. And then Tony Elliott, you tell me you give him a, a Brandon Armstrong who is a damn good QB, not only throwing the ball, but he's supremely athletic. And then you also have, like the entire team overall, like that's a that's an offensive. Play. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. It, it might not be the same as Bronco Mendenhall that we were talking about, like I guess last year, because he can't, the, the the offense was probably one of the more creative ones that we've we've seen. But then also, he wants to bring back running the ball a lot more, which Virginia didn't do as much. And they do have they do bring back a junior and also a super senior that coming back too. So that's going to be a good time overall. And then you look at their schedule; their first five games are easy as hell before they go to Louisville. <laughs> I mean, they play they play Richmond. Illinois, Old Dominion, Syracuse, and Duke. I, I see. That's, a, that's an administrative. That's an administration who loves you. They're like, let me just make sure you feel good. Like <laughs> to me, like that. Like he picked a really good spot to be his first head coaching job. Go to the coastal. Yeah. Go to Virginia. You see the schedule because then after Louisville, he played Georgia Tech. It's going to be bad. You go. You probably lose to Miami, North Carolina. Probably lose to Pitt. But then you play Coastal Carolina, who lost their quarterback. They lost a lot of few of their players. And then a VT team who we discussed on I think two um, either Wednesday. Yeah. A VT team who has who? So it's like you could actually start your first year with six or seven wins, which is fine. It's good in your first year. 
Yeah, and beating Virginia Tech is definitely going to be one of those that's important for him to start his new legacy because they've been down and out when it comes to that rivalry there. But as we all know, we love to get a good betting opportunity in. So our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Bet Online definitely gets that sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. As we mentioned, and we've been talking about all this show, Bet Online. All this week, rather, Bet Online has gotten us well equipped to give odds for football conversations, which we know and have come to enjoy. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and action happening now for all of your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. So we're wrapping up the show here. Jersey Drake locked on Signals podcast. And before I get him out of here, there are two more teams that I want to discuss. And I want to make sure that he gets his uh, great conversation in. And so we talked about Virginia. We talked about Louisville. Then there's the good old Boston College. I'm going to leave FSU for last. Boston College, they've got Bill Dracovic back. They lost my guy. Why do I see his face and can't call his Zion name? Johnson. Thank you. He decided that he was going to take his talents to the league, deservedly so. Coach Halfley in year three, where people are like, all right, listen, year one and two, give grace. You know, they give a lot more grace up there. In New England, he is very talented. They've taken the – he's made progress. But now we want to see a little more than progress. We want to see res- stronger results. That's going to be hard. And it's <laughs> it, it, it's not like – because I think Jeff Halfley is a really damn good head coach. I also think that this might be Jeff Halfley's last year at Boston College because I think he is destined for bigger and better things, honestly, as a head coach. Not um, bigger and better. Sorry, I know A.J. Black is listening right now. A.J., I'm sorry, but like that he – that man's going to go back to the Big Ten, I think. That's definitely somewhere that he's definitely going to be his calling card for that. But then you bring back Phil Dracovic, who's probably – he's a top-five QB. And, even, and he, we kind of found out last year that – Big Phil can move. Big Phil had around like 300 rushing yards on like he averaged seven, almost seven yards a carry. Did you think that Phil Dracovic could do that? Because I didn't. <laughs> I thought Phil was very much, after watching him versus North Carolina, I was thoroughly impressed. And they should have won that game thanks to that interception by Trey Morrison. But I truly felt like Phil, that was the first time I ever said, well, damn, like, Boston College might be a little bit good, you know? And Phil definitely was the one who, when their play broke down, was giving them some good yardages or giving good yards and keeping plays alive. And so I was like, all right, I'm over this whole big white boy QB thing, and we just need to wrap this up. <laughs> I mean, but that was but last year. Say, yeah. That was last year, too, though, when he was limited because he had wrist surgery on his throwing wrist, and he came back in the same, uh, the same season, which you saw with yeah. the Virginia Tech game, he couldn't throw the ball. Like it was just like dead on arrival. And now he's got a full season off. He might, he's going to probably be a lot closer to the 3,000 yards that you kind of expect out of him every single year. And then the only question is outside of Zay Flowers, who's going to throw the ball to? Because Trey Berry's gone. Uh, Also, that offensive line, you lost not only Zion Johnson, you lost Alec Lindstrom and Mike Mike Vrabel's son. And on defense, I think Jaden will be still there, which is, you know, really key, you know, keep. Mm -hmm. But overall, like this is a team that, it's the middle of the pack. I think is the perfect spot for them. They might make, they might win some games they shouldn't win, but there's going to be a lot of games for Boston College fans where they're be very, very close and be like, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, how did we miss it by this much? I don't know. Like, I, 
I'm always hyped for Boston College, and I think maybe AJ overhypes me. Maybe I get too excited based on that fact. But I think I do love Coach Halfley. I hope he sticks around. You know, I, I understand the whole need to want to get bigger and better and flashier. But I do appreciate coaches, like, kind of like Zay Flowers, stuck around and was loyal to the soil That's when true. it came to, you know, the Eagles. Because he definitely could have gone anywhere. In this name and age game of where people are getting poached for, you know, two mil or less <laughs> or more, really. I'm surprised that he did not want to take his sounds elsewhere, but I appreciate him. And I think it says a lot about his character, the fact that he wanted to stay. But, you know, everyone do what you got to do for you. There ain't no judgment here. Hey, yo, get your money because Zay Flowers, you, I I can give you like an eight-figure payday. You're that damn good kid. <laughs> and that, like, there is no thing to say that he ain't get paid big, especially after that interview came out about him wanting to stay. I, there's a lot of money in New England. I'm sure they figured it out, right? Like I'm pretty positive he's doing all right for himself. Say all hey, hey, listen. Now I'm just happy that it's all a lot more out in the open, and now we actually can see these kids like take financials responsibility and also be compensated for basically playing not a contract yeah. work but a collision sport and setting themselves up for the future. That's get, yeah. go get your money. Go get your money, kids. The only thing I do not like, and this is a complete aside is the announcing of the numbers because it makes it seem as, as if these kids are walking around with two million dollars in their pocket or like four million dollars in their pocket in deals and like as much as we are hit in financial literacy and how it all breaks down in taxes and all the other things or you know whatever what have you there's certain people in certain sex that don't under sex and by sex i mean sections of the world and population that don't understand that and be like all right so you work two mil like let's run it up just saying that I would say maybe we just be more cognizant of releasing numbers. That's just my little thought. No, I, but, I, I completely agree. Yeah. It's, a it's a protections thing. For sure. And as we round the show, I would be remiss if I did not give Jersey Drake the opportunity to talk about the good old Florida State Seminoles and how they are sitting pretty in the middle of the pack with their bet on odds to win. <sighs> Jordan Travis, what are we gonna do, big dog? What are we gonna do? Okay, here we go. All right, listen. Um, so I say this. I think on our show, and this is not including a bowl game, that this mm-hmm. team can win eight. And by can, I mean, you steal one of those games. You should win seven games. This is basically year three under Mike Norvell. But I have a feeling that we're going to be stuck at six. And it's because mm. it's it's a lot of different things. The offensive line, while it did improve towards the end of last year, we need to see them stay fully healthy overall. The wide receivers was, was probably bottom three in the entire conference. Now we did bring in a Micah Pittman. Johnny Wilson and Deuce Span, Winston Wright, we brought from WVU, who was like one of the leaders actually in that conference overall for reception and yardage. He broke his leg a few months ago, so we don't know when he's actually going to be back. And then you have Jordan Travis, who and this is where me and my coach Max kind of differ a little bit. Max sees him more as a like a number seven, number six, maybe a top five QB in the conference. Mm-hmm. I primarily see Jordan as probably the fifth worst QB in our conference, and that's primarily because one, I think the other QBs in the conference are. Very, very damn good. I will be on record saying that mm-hmm. we have the from top to bottom, our conference is the best QBs in the country. That's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to me, Jordan is somewhat of an average to below average passer because of when it comes to his, get a little bit of a happy feet and also that he, when he knows where he's going with the ball and it's open, he will hit that like no other. But if he has to go like across the board and do a little bit too much, I think he kind of, kind of panics. The only yeah. reason why you don't have him in lower is because he probably is the most dynamic with his legs. And that's the sort of different thing that. It's something that you have, to, you have to account for. That's why Jason Corbin played well, and we have Trey Benson coming in from Oregon who probably should play well as, all, as well. So to me, we're going to be living and breathing and dying by our defense, who we have Fabian mm-hmm. Lovett back, Robert Hurd back. We lost Jermaine Johnson, but we're taking a money ball approach, as Max says, to basically kind of replenishing that on the edge. So to me, this is a seven-win team. 
you you probably you know I wouldn't be surprised if we beat LSU in the fucking in the second week in the second week of the year because it's Brian Kelly's first year. I'm not a big believer in Miles Brandon or Gary Nussmeyer because they're probably hurt and Jane Daniels. We don't know what we're going to get, but it's going to be shot. I won't be surprised if we play a tough game against Miami because TVD the second half against us. I mean, it was cold, so we'll see. Yeah, Norvell keeps his job after this season if they only win six or seven games. Oh, he does because we can't. We're not. There's no financial reason to fire him. If he wins six games, yeah. we, get, we get the bowl thing. But after 2023, Taggart's buyout is done. So, in my <laughs> personal opinion, if you only win six, yeah. the only you're probably fired after 2023 unless you win nine or ten games, and that's fair. You're gonna have your AJ Duffy as a QB. Jordan Travis is he? I I personally don't think he will be the QB after this season. Whether he goes as a graduate transfer, because he did graduate from FSU this early this spring. So to mm-hmm. me, I wouldn't be shocked if this might be Novell's last year. But I hope not, because I'd rather you know keep a consistency with coaches. But listen, I've said on our show, bring on Lane Kiffin. I'm down. I'm ready. Or bring in Dion. Whatever. Oh, wait. I would love to have that bring in Dion conversation. But that is for another day in a longer show. Jersey Drake, it's always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Can you please remind these folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Pleasure is all mine, Candice. You can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow my co-host at MaxMovie17. You can follow my other co-host, Dave, at FSU Knowles with a zero and a five because he's a boomer. And you can follow our collective podcast at Knowles Anonymous, basically where we engage with the fan base, get themes for episodes. And as always, we're fans first, people second, podcast third. And hey, let's go Panthers. Let's let's. Let's finish this up because I need I need a win, man. I need a win. I need <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. All right, guys, come back next week as we talk through some more football action, but more importantly, NBA draft. We got to get you ready. Some of the top players in the ACC, could they be returning to school or are they going to take their talents to the big leagues? We'll have that discussion here. Maybe we'll have a little Dion conversation. I'm going to love to have that with Jersey Drake. For Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake, until next time.